Okay, so I want to welcome our two special guests to the podcast. Um, I've got Carl Hughes um, and Val. I'd actually, Val, before we go and do this, I need to ask <laughs> how to pronounce your surname. <laughs> great, great start. Uh, Chuple. Chuple. So I've got Carl Hughes and Val Chuple, um, two of our FIFA futsal referees. So very privileged to have them on. Um, and basically, I just want to welcome them both. So, Carl, can you say hello? Um, good evening, Noswefta. Thank you for having me, Jack. Uh, pleasure to be here. And Val, I think we've heard you already, but go ahead. <laughs> good evening, uh, both. Uh... So, um, obviously, you're you're both uh, futsal referees, and you've both obviously gone to the kind of the highest level by being selected to be uh, FIFA futsal referees. But it's fair to say that in in Wales, you know, futsal is not necessarily like the the first the first sport that you think of. Um, and then, you know, even more niche to become a referee within the sport. So I don't know if the two of you want to maybe take us through a little bit of how you sort of ended up as as futsal referees. Uh can be as long, as long or as short as you like. So, uh, Carl, how did you get going? Um, a bit of an obscure route, to be honest. Uh, didn't go into refereeing straight away. Like most people, I went and played football. Um, you know, Played through the youth levels and then I stopped for a couple of years before starting again um, and then fractured my leg playing football uh, and then when I went back to play football I, I wasn't the same player I couldn't I, you know I found myself backing out of challenges because I didn't want to um, get hurt again so you know I, I took a break from football and then a friend of mine um, said something about this sport futsal he's like I'm short of a player I know you play football or you used to you know, would you come along? I'm short of a player. Can you come and help us? It's five aside, basically. So I went along, um, and I never looked back from there. Really, I progressed from there with my degree um, in sports coaching. So I moved into a coaching role, and then I think the moment it changed for me was when I went to Antwerp in 2014 to watch the Futsal Euros with the FAW. So all the um, head coaches from the national league went with Richard Gunny, who was then the national team manager. And we went to Antwerp to watch the Euros to take tactical um, you know, analysis of what was going on. And whilst I was there, I saw England's FIFA football referee at the time, and still is, uh, Mark Burkett. And I saw him referee live. And something in that moment just changed um, something in me and I uh, I thought oh that's really interesting that somebody from Britain in such a niche sport is there in front of 15,000 people refereeing in this tournament Um, I put it to the back of my mind but then one day um, they were short of referees and because obviously I was quite experienced within football by that point somebody asked oh, would you mind going refing this game for us because we're short uh, I jumped on the line and never looked back really um, fell in love with it straight away and yeah well 18 months after doing the futsal conversion course I got a call saying you know, come to the fitness test for FIFA which was out the blue wow. I wasn't expecting that um, and yeah passed the fitness test and yeah not looked back since. So it was 18 months after you've started refereeing futsal that you actually got to Yeah so I, I, I did the I did the football books at that time. There wasn't a dedicated course like there is now for futsal. So you had to do the 11 aside laws of the game and become a football referee to be eligible to do the futsal conversion course. But there was about a nine month wait. So I refereed a bit of football in, in between then. And but I always knew in my head that I wanted to be a futsal referee. And so I qualified in December. 2014 and within two years I had had the call to um, obviously take the fitness test so yeah and then a couple of days after finding out I had been successful um, onto the by the FIFA panel um, it was the home nations in Cardiff so um, straight into the action and the international scene so. Wow Val did you have a, a similar kind of story or was it something completely different with you? Slightly different for for me. I was already a football referee at that uh, that point, and 
uh, Ryan Thomas, which was the, you know, up until recently, the, the referees, uh, the futsal referees manager. Uh, we were literally bumping into each other, uh, you know, along the South Wales corridor uh, on the Welsh League Alliance, etc., etc. Uh, and um, he actually said to me at one point, said, oh, look, is this new uh, new thing coming? Uh, we're going to bring it into Wales, uh, you know, futsal, because he was refing in uh, in England at that uh, that point, just to get the knowledge and everything. Said so you might be interested. It's literally just a conversion course. Um, we'll do some, uh, you know, testing after that, and then you're ready to to start, uh, you know, into refereeing futsal. It's very little at the moment in Wales, but is due to to grow. You know, it's literally one of the fastest growing sports. And I said, yeah, just give me a call once, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, the things are settled and um, uh, get me in. So, yeah, I was one of the first uh, the first people in Wales that uh, took part into that once uh, futsal came into, into Wales. There was um, an arena in Clinician where they used to, to play. Then obviously it changed uh, um quite uh, dramatically in the in the years that uh, came by I said Richard Gani was the the one that came with the with the national team as well and everything so uh, it literally just gone very quick from mm. no one knew about it in uh, a year and a half uh, there was already um, a mini league yeah. Uh, not as a league in itself, because at that point when the Futsal Cup was, it was um, uh, for the UEFA, it was the winner of the, the cup that was qualifying into Europe, not the actual winner of the league. <laughs> so um, uh, FAW have um, put in place uh, the, the FAW Futsal, uh, Futsal Cup. And um, in year and a half we had already the first team nominated to go into uh, into Europe and Wales was also um, nominated to host uh, the prelim round mini tournament and that was literally my first proper sight of what futsal means because there was I was acting as a timekeeper um, and um, it was, you know, there were FIFA referees, there was UEFA delegates, you know, venue inspections, briefings over briefings and debriefings after that. And it was like, what is just happening? It's a completely mm -hmm. different thing. But um, it was very, very interesting and very entertaining at, at the same time. And I said, you know what? This could be a nice career going forward. And um, one year later, similar story with uh, with Carl um, at this point I was already refereeing locally uh, I had the same uh, the same message you need to come to a fitness test we'll need to see where you stand and we'll need to see what is going to happen going forward you may be nominated you may get a FIFA badge luckily enough for me I've got it and I was still on that since 2014 and it's 2022 now yeah, I just wanted to ask since obviously you know Carl mentioned coming to to futsal, having you know played football, and then obviously Val, you you were a football referee as well, and Carl obviously you had to wait while refereeing football before becoming a futsal referee. So, you know, for someone like me, I've never seen a futsal game live. Some of the listeners will probably be futsal experts. Some you know will be like me. So, what what would you say are kind of the main differences? Because you said like uh, you know when you see a foot you know a high quality futsal game up close, it's pretty special. So, what's the main sort of differences? I think the first thing you notice is speed. Um, futsal is at the top level is so fast, um, which for a referee means you have to be not just fast on your feet, but fast in your mind as well. I you I, I did a study a few years ago and. The statistics that came out of that said you make a, a decision or no decision every 2.1 or 2.3 seconds. Um, so, you know, you're constantly making decisions. And in futsal, every foul counts. 
because once you get to five fouls, every foul after that is a 10 meter penalty or 10 meter kick from the 10 meter mark. So, you know, you know, we have to be really decisive in our decisions. Apart from that as well, you've got the tactical elements and the rotations. So in football, you know, you know who the wing backs are, you know who the wingers are, you know who the attackers, centre midfielders are. In futsal, there are four positions, but any one player can play in those positions as well. So tactically, you're seeing a lot of players run across each other, you know, screening each other, blocking each other. And this is all in futsal. Mm. Um, And to distinguish between what is a foul and what isn't a foul can be sometimes difficult. Um, Goals, a big part of futsal as well. You you see a futsal goal and you think that's tiny. How are they going to score in there? Um, But obviously, futsal play with a size four ball, so it's slightly smaller. Um, And goals, there's plenty of them in futsal. So, yeah, I don't know if Val wants to add anything to that. Well, there's also the... um what is called the power play or it used to be called the power play so that's a completely different game altogether within the game itself when the goalkeeper obviously comes forward and you've got like a 5v4 situation um, not that it's literally still 5v5 but it's 5v4 because the the five attackers uh, versus four defenders and the goalkeeper um, again your mindset it's, it's changing from a normal scenario of 5v5 is everything changes there's different laws that covers uh, certain things um so that's another uh, another thing as well that changes and you have to be on your feet all the time um you asked obviously uh, a difference and um what made me more to incline towards futsal obviously still a football referee at the moment um i still believe that any futsal players can play football because you get uh, the technicality of it. Okay, you can master, you can dribble, which obviously in the uh, you know the newer ways that the football is played, dribble has gone away. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't literally. It's a very small size pitch. It's forty by twenty on the the international scale. Sometimes you're even playing on smaller uh, smaller pitches. You need to be very quick thinking, and you need to be very skillful mm. to pass the ball uh, uh, either to one of your uh, team players or just to to pass the the opponent. Uh, in football, I know it sounds crazy. But probably even I can kick a ball 50 yards and take it <laughs> one-on-one with Ronaldo to see if I can still uh, catch it. That doesn't make me a football player. So yeah, futsal, a futsal player will be able to play football. We've seen it. Football players cannot play futsal, not at the level that is required. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the the things. Uh, one of the other things as well that, uh, you know, turn me into uh, uh, to futsal is like, Wales, great country, rubbish weather. Everyone knows it. <laughs> and when I started, literally anything between October and March, it could be a long period of, without any sort of uh, games and anything. Futsal is always indoors. It's always nice. It's always dry. And that was one of the, the things that literally steered me to it. It's like, why do I need to stay on a boggy pitch when I can be in here nicely? I've um, I've also heard that I don't know if it's because of the the speed that is played out or the sort of the proximity of of the whole game in the small small confines of the pitch that you mentioned, but I've heard that it can be ve- that it can be a very sort of the temperature of the game between the players can rise very quickly in futsal, which obviously we all know it can in football as well. But I know that. Um, Andrew Howard, the uh, head of competitions at the FAW, mentioned to me that when he went to see a game uh, a few months ago, that he was, that it was, it was in his words, very tasty. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Final in Cardiff. Yeah. Well, so, Val was Val was on that game, so he, he might be best to answer that one. <laughs> yes, it's um, uh, futsal. It's a it's a very funny game. As as Carl mentioned, fouls really count and people will start getting the advantage of of that and as soon as you make uh you know 
a level of this is what the fouls are going to be throughout the game. You need to stick with that. In football, if the temperature of the game rises up, find a foul, an easy foul, kill the game a little bit, you know, bring everyone under the, you know, the right level to, to, to be able to manage the game. You can't do that in futsal because if it's on the third foul and you're giving the fourth for an easy one, then they're expecting the fifth one as well. And then we're going to the 10 meter, you know, or, you know, penalties. Yeah. You can't have that facility in, uh, in, uh, in futsal. And that's why it makes it even harder to, uh, to manage. Uh, also, the situation that we had, um, it was um, uh, Cardiff uh, Futsal versus, um, uh, they changed the name a few times, so I don't want to get it wrong this Kevin time. Kevin Dreads. Kevin Dreads this time from, uh, from up north, playing for, uh, for literally for the winner of the DFAW uh, uh, Futsal uh, Championship. Um, they, uh, they had to play home and away in two, uh, two rounds. Uh, and they, uh, Kev Dreads won 2-1 uh, up north. And now they had to play here down south. And it was it was one one nil for Kev Druitt. No one panicked. It's gone towards the end of the second uh, the second half. Uh, Cardiff scored, so it was one all, but also the fouls were very close. And um, I think it was uh, 42 seconds before the end of the game. Cardiff scored the, the goal that was needed to bring it to extra time and uh, penalties. And um, literally the temperature of the game was as soon as they scored the, uh, the second goal to bring them into the game. It was already going higher and they started to put pressure and we knew that if Kev Dredd scores then the game is done because he's very close to uh, to the end of it if Cardiff scores it's a, it's a different game altogether and then when the the Cardiff scored I honestly <laughs> said to myself here we go and I had a guy with me that was literally blessed to be at that uh, that game literally on his first uh, year as a as a futsal referee and i think he only done about four games altogether the whole season and to be in the final as the third official stroke timekeeper it was a big challenge for him as well and i said look just stay calm it's going to be very manic now but we'll keep it under uh, under control. <laughs> and uh, we knew what is happening because in the extra time, you've got the fouls carries over. They're not allowed timeouts anymore. So literally they're playing for their life. The next five minutes break for a minute and then a five minutes uh, of the second extra uh, period of extra, extra time. And this 10 minutes were literally like never before in uh, in the last five, six, seven years, probably. We had another uh, another one before. Carl, you remember we refed it, but it was different. It's gone to it's gone to penalties, but it was more composed. This yeah. one didn't go to penalties because Cardiff managed to score in the extra time and uh, and win it. But literally, we had a little bit of everything in this ten minutes. We had people diving, trying to get the. Uh, you know the the extra the extra foul to go to the uh, the penalty. Uh, we've got uh, the coaches literally claiming things that they shouldn't claim, and we had to get the the action <laughs> that was required to calm them down with cards. Sometimes it was literally just everywhere, and when Cardiff scored, it was literally just everyone just shouting and bouncing and. It came also after a potential claim that it should be a foul before that by Kev Druitt, which no one actually took any notice of it because we knew it wasn't. Um, you know, it was that standard of fouls that you will say throughout the game. And I said they tried to 
gain something by claiming something that wasn't there and they were punished because they literally just carried gone on the counter-attack. It was a 3v2 situation and they scored. So yeah, it's, it's literally going from something down here to up here in a very split second. Mm. I think in those type of games as well, Jack, is you know, there's so much riding on that fixture. It was a really close game in the first leg, as well said. Um, and then the second leg obviously was very close as well. And Cardiff only led for two minutes over the whole tie, over the two mm. legs. And that was the last two minutes of the extra time. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's credit to both teams that the standard of futsal they play tactically and, you know, the way they press each other. It's, you know, for me on the first leg, it was a joy to be part of that game because, yes, they all want to win. And, of course, as Val said, you know, they they want every little advantage that they can gain, whether that be through claiming a foul or whatever. But that's that's normal in any sport. Of course, you want to take those um, little wins. Um, but I've got to say credit to them because they've really stepped up their game as 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 clubs over the last 18 months, two years. And uh, all clubs across Wales have started to really step it up because they've set the standard and everybody wants to beat them now. So, you know, that can only be good for Welsh futsal. I think mm. it can only be good for Welsh futsal referees because now we have to raise our game to make sure we're ready for those type of fixtures. So if I was saying, you know, obviously the third official in that game was on his first season, that would have been an incredible experience. At the time, it may have been, you know, a little bit stressful, but, um, you know, these are the environments we want to put our officials in because that's ultimately the standard we want Welsh Futsal to be at. So when they go to European competitions, you know, hopefully when they're representing Wales, they will go away and win and progress to the next later rounds. Yeah, absolutely. It does sound like if, you know, if people want to sort of take up the the challenge of kind of learning new skills with Futsal, there's opportunities to develop as, as referees for sure. And that game, yeah, that game does sound pretty tasty, as Andrew <laughs> said. Um, I just want to give myself a bit of credit because um, on, on the fitness side of it as referees, uh, I've uh, been to two Val uh, fitness sessions uh, myself <laughs> in uh, around Cardiff. Um, and yeah, obviously, I've I got to admit, I'm not the fittest guy ever, but um, went through one of the futsal, um, one of the futsal sort of fitness sessions with him. And it's fair to say I was blown a bit by the end. Um, so in terms of that, obviously, Carl, you mentioned you have to be quite quick on your feet. So with your positioning yeah. and stuff in futsal, are you, you up and down kind of a, a, a touchline because you can't be right in the middle. Yeah, exactly. So um, the positions that referees take are almost like the assistant referees in terms of, you know, you're on the outside of the pitch. So the referees are never in the middle, apart from when they're dealing with any situation there. Um, Mm. So, but as you've already said, we're not just on outside rights. We've got to do the whole length of the court, which is Mm. obviously 40 metres. So you are, and the way you work as a team is really important in futsal because you've always got to try and get the best viewing angle between you. Um, so we we work at diagonals, really, so we can always have, a bit like system referees, we always want to have the best view of the pitch. So we'll generally, in open play, be at the second to last defender, a bit like a system referees, um, to have the best viewing angle of the whole court. Um, but it doesn't just, it's not just the two, uh, two referees on the court that's important in that. You've got the third official, and even the timekeeper who are watching off the ball stuff, for example, when there's a counter attack and we're both running with direction of play. Obviously, we try and watch, we try and split up the court so that one is on action area. So that's where the ball is. So whoever's on the action area controls that, controls that decision. And the person that's on the influence area off the ball stuff, we try and watch, you know, any off the ball incidents, blocking in particular in futsal, because like I said before, a small court and blocking is a typical tactic that teams use um, and any little infringements that we can see generally I would say there's not a lot of big stuff that happens off the ball it is mm. more it is more the blocking and um, that we look for or a quick pullback from a shirt or something that they think we're not going to see um, so teamwork and the positioning in the game is vital because it's a small court and there's 10 bodies on there in between you both 
you know we always try and we work on specifically our angles of play um from set pieces you know we're at set places for those so we we know exactly where to be for every set play um you know we for kickings for example we always go defensive side so the play is always to um you know the attacking side so we we stand about four or five meters away from the player so giving room for the kick in because obviously in futsal we don't have throw-ins um so players kick the ball in from the line from mm. the touch line um so and that's obviously something that ifab have recently been talking about with football is yeah. stock clock a bit like futsal and yeah. kick-ins as well to speed up the game because obviously it works really well in futsal um so yeah our position is really important in terms of the game and the trust you have to have with your with your teammates um whoever that is or the team should i say because the third official and timekeeper make up that team as well um and so yeah you always need to have eyes somewhere on the pitch and i think yeah. val, val alluded earlier to the flying goalkeeper situation or what we call the flying goalkeeper situation yeah. um where the goalkeeper is changed to an outfield player and they have five outfield players, but nobody at the goal guarding that. Um, rush that's keeper, that. rush keeper, yeah, like being a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's exactly like rush keeper, except you swap the goalkeeper out for another outfield player. Right. That that player is usually the most technical player on the team. That's usually the nominated player. Um, and depending on the coach and the team, the position of that fly keeper can be, you know, it could be in the far corner by the corner arc, or it could be by the halfway line, depending on the coach's tactics. Um, but that brings a new element then because the third official then has to leave the technical area in managing the benches and he has to go down towards the goal to monitor if there's a because obviously we haven't got Hawkeye like in football um, so our third official becomes our Hawkeye effectively so right um, and that again our, our position on the court changes as well as a result of that so yeah it's uh it's slightly different because you're the referee, but you're in the position of the assistant referees in football. Um, yeah. But you have to cover the whole court. And, you know, because it moves so fast, especially the counter-attack style, uh, we'll know, you know, one second, it can literally be two, three seconds, and you've had to have travelled 40 metres mm. um, down the court because there's a breakaway and there's two on one or three on two. Um, and, it, you know, yeah, so it's, you have to be agile, you have to be fast, especially at the top level where the game's even faster than at domestic level. But uh, yeah, it's it's great fun. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> great stuff, yeah. Um, so obviously uh, now with, with you, Carl, with you, you've been given the um, kind of the role of um, first star referee development officer, taken over from Ryan, who we mentioned earlier. Um, so just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about kind of your some of your plans for the coming sort of season or the next few months um and obviously what we can do to help anyone who's listening who wants to uh who is either already a futsal referee or would potentially uh considering the option yeah well first of all if there's any football referees out there that are interested after listening you know definitely um get in touch because you know we're looking for more futsal referees and that is probably one of the first steps that I've got in terms of the role um, is obviously increasing the number of futsal referees we have in Wales. Um, you know, it would be great to have more futsal referees, more diverse futsal referees, and obviously with Kerry taking on her role as ladies uh, referee development officer, you know, it'd be great to work with Kerry as well to maybe bring in Wales's first female futsal referee. Yeah. Um, which, you know, and I don't know if you've seen um, this last week, but the women's Euros finals have been on um, UEFA TV and on various networks. And, you know, the pathways for ladies futsal and ladies futsal referees is very positive at the moment and the opportunities are there. So, you know, that would, you know, that would be a fantastic to build. And you're looking at this week coming, we see Cheryl Foster going to the women's Euros in football. Yeah. You know, so there's there's lots of pathways for ladies. It doesn't always have to be football. There's options in futsal as well. So, you know, that would be fantastic. So more futsal referees across the board. 
um, whether they male or female. Um, and development of referees is the main area that I'm going to be looking at in my in the short term. Yeah. So we are hoping to raise the standards to meet what um, the FAW expect for their top officials. So we're looking at a pre-season seminar in September. Um, that's almost um, all booked in and sorted. So we're looking forward to that. Um, on that day, we will be looking at laws of the game. We'll be looking at fitness. So Jack, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, you can look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we are doing some theoretical work in the classroom before doing some practical stuff on the court as well. So. You, you mentioned positioning earlier. That will be one of the areas where we look at managing scenarios, signaling, and, and so you know those people that complete the laws of the, the futsal course between now and September um, are welcome and eligible to come to that, which would be fantastic to see lots of futsal referees there. Um, and we're hopeful. I don't want to name any names yet, but we're hopeful of having a special guest speaker there as well um, mm-hmm. with expert advice on how to be an even better futsal referee. So, and that's the short term plan. That's what I'm working on right now. But then we're looking at um, an online classroom where we can share resources. So for example, you said about the macro cycle that Val was using. So that would be shared with all futsal referees across Wales, um, as well as laws of the game, hints, tips, videos. um, So that what I want to achieve is a community of futsal referees that because the futsal community in general is quite tight-knit across the UK yeah. um, whether that be in England, Scotland, Wales or Northern Ireland we're all quite tight-knit and you know everybody helps each other which is fantastic to see obviously you don't always see that um, across other sports yeah because um, of the rivalries but generally it is just a massive community and I want that community within our futsal referees community as well um, and you know for me that's one of the things that i want to create i want to the next generation of futsal referees fifa referees that are going to be taking our badges or trying to push us out the door yeah and um, that, that that's what i want i want to be able to create referees that are in that position to push us out the door they'll, they'll have to try hard i'm not <laughs> gonna i'm not gonna give it up without a fight um but you know that's ultimately what i would have done you know Val and I, I'm sure Val will tell you as well, we've made all the mistakes. We know all the mistakes because we've made them. Um, and so to be able to pass on that experience um, from my end, you know, will hopefully benefit the next generation of futsal referees going onto the European stage. And hopefully they will surpass anything either of us do. Um, and, you know, we'd love to see a Welsh futsal referee, referee in a major tournament final or yeah and that that's ultimately if i if i do that for somebody else then i would have done my job and this role would have been a success so yeah and um just to add on to that um so for anyone listening there is there is a futsal uh course that you can do just to referee futsal um on becomeareff.wales uh, but if you're already a uh, a registered referee, uh, football referee with the FAW, then you can essentially just attend that uh, sen- seminar with us um, in September, kind of go through that and then become a, uh, a qualified futsal referee through doing a practical course rather than the online content. So um, please do feel free to get in touch with us about that and uh, we'll send out more information on that as well. Um, and like I said, I'll be there um, and we do a bit more training with Val. We've actually got out of training tonight by uh, recording this podcast <laughs> instead. So um, it's I a good he podcast for me. <laughs> yeah. It was in between, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> now it's, uh, it's, it's very nice to, uh, uh, to go out and obviously having, uh, you know, people to train with, uh, which never had the, the chance in the, in the past. Um, since Carl came onto the scene, uh, one of the first things that we've done, it was to do the fitness, fitness test together, even if we train separately, because obviously he's up north, I'm down in south. But um, for me, you know, the first couple of years when I was doing fitness tests on my own, 
because the fitness test for futsal is completely different than the football guys. Even if I was to do it with the, the football guys on the same day, I was on my own there. Literally, no one here to, to support you, no one to literally give you any sort of jib apart from railing them. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, come on, Val, you can do it. Come on, just push through it. Mm -hmm. uh, That's and, what I said, uh, Val. <laughs> come on, Val. Uh, you know, it's. It, it, it's nice to uh, to be with someone, you know, it's yeah. when you see a gloomy day, you don't want to go out there, you don't want to train. <laughs> but if it's someone else with you, it makes that day a little bit easier. And I remembered and I want to thank Carl again for uh, for this. He knows this, you know, I had my injury and I was literally dragged onto, uh, you know, Wrexham. Uh, one of <laughs> pretty cold and gloomy day of October. Uh, I had to drive all the way from uh, from Cardiff. I only done a couple of sprints and a little bit of, uh, you know, mock-up sessions of what the fitness test is. And I couldn't even go through half of it sometimes uh, after my, uh, my injury. And Carl came over and said, I'm going to do it with you. All you have to do is literally just come after me before you die. And that was literally it. That's how I managed to to retain my uh, 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 my badge after my uh, my injury. I literally just done enough to pass the the test. And prior of that, we've gone through similar uh, similar scenarios. Carl came one uh, one year and he said, "Not feeling very well today." I said, <laughs> "I don't really care. You can die after we finish." So I dragged him over through uh, through that. Um, you know, when you've got someone with you, it's completely different. When you're on your own, it's a little bit harder straight mm. away. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that year as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, had to, I had to get through on painkillers, and uh, the scene wasn't very pretty after the end of the test. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a pass. <laughs> but yes, exactly. We got, we got through, and I think that is important: is the support network that you have, like. That's yeah. one that Val and I have built up over the years. You know, my early support network was obviously with Ryan Thomas and Arthur Smallman, who was who's now a tier two referee. He's um, the only real match official in North Wales, and he took me under his wing. And you know, that early year, early years, um, that he gave until you know I crossed paths with Val, but we didn't really cross paths really until. Until 2019, uh, 2016, when um, we did the, when we were on the final. The finals. Um, yeah. That was the first time our path really crossed. So um, up until then, you know, I had the support network with me and you know Val. Credit to him, he had nobody really. Obviously, he had Ryan, but had nobody there for him. Um, so I'm glad that I've made his life a little bit easier. He's made my life a bit easier because mm -hmm. he's. Uh, passed on lots of things to me, including his kit in Bosnia. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> that, 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 let, me, let me just clarify that. that I just realised that came out very wrong. Um, yeah. Just to clarify, my luggage got lost. Um, my luggage was lost by the airline um, as we went out to Bosnia to referee Bosnia versus Macedonia in the World Cup qualifiers. And uh, there was a rare time that Val and I have actually been able to referee um, in Europe together because of COVID. Um, that was the only reason we were able to do it together, um, because usually we have to referee with um, officials from other countries. But my luggage got lost, um, and well, I had to borrow re Val's referee kit to referee in, and he's taller than me. Um, and then Val had to borrow a Bosnian referee's kit, who's bigger than him. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Slightly similar match, I would yeah, say. But, but yeah, it was a similar, but um, I, uh, you know, it was a very stressful couple of days, that's for sure, and uh, throughout my match preparation, but we got through it and we got good match, so. It was all worth it in the end, wearing slightly too big shorts, both of you. The, short, the shorts came down to my knee, Jack. It, like, <laughs> the socks came up to my knee. Just over my shorts came down to my knees because I've only got short legs, as you all know. Uh, I haven't seen the height of me, so yeah, it was, uh, it was it was a bit like one of those comedy sketches. 
um, that you see in um, on television, though. or going back to the 60s where they had super long shorts. Yeah, um, to be fair, I could have done with that because I did some refereeing on last Sunday where the uh, the gap between my socks and uh, the top of my socks and the bottom of my shorts, all the skin in there is now <laughs> bright red and peeling off. I couldn't yeah. walk. I couldn't walk for three days. So that, you don't get that in foot cell because the lights no. aren't that hot. Nope. They aren't that hot. There's no, no exactly. violet lights on the pitch. And, and another added bonus to foot cell. You, get, you stay dry all year round, you stay warm, and you don't get sunburn. Yeah. Look at that. What a selling, what a selling pitch. Yeah. Right. So um, uh, just before we go, I think maybe we should sign off with some quick fire questions. Um, which I always do. Um, so just answer as quick as you can. I'm going to start off with Val. Val, yeah. um, w- w- would you rather have to eat Welsh rabbit or Romanian sarmale? Romanian sarmale all the time. <laughs> now, Carl, what would you rather have? <laughs> uh, well, I'll stick with what I know. I'll go with Welsh rabbit. <laughs> right, okay. I, b- I believe sarmale is... Uh, it's meat and, and rice in, in the cabbage. In, in oh, the there we go. Okay, oh, there right. Nice. I'll so, um, my answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I want to hear from both of you. Uh, Carl first. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, just because I've heard it loads this year with my daughter, um, being Wrexham fans. Uh, it's got to be the Declan Swans, Always Sunny in Wrexham. And it is quite mm-hmm. sunny in Wrexham today, actually. So, uh, appropriate song. Val, let's hear it. I'm absolutely rubbish at singing, so <laughs> any song will kill me anyway. But because a lot of people are seeing the similarity between me and Freddie Mercury, probably I'll just go with one of these songs. <laughs> we will rock you. We will red card you. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right we've, we've already had uh, the food one, but if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what is it? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, probably my favourite meal at the moment is uh, tortellini. So I'm going to stick with some kind of tortellini. All right, okay. Pasta plain. Man. Yeah, plain, but uh, it's tasty. You're expecting an answer from me now? Yes, I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you a short story as well uh, behind it. It's got to be steak, mate. You know, I'm, I'm a meat <laughs> man. When people will just see the amount of food that I'm eating, and obviously, a lot of people knows how built I am. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's it's one of these things. You know, some people are gifted. I'm gifted to not put any weight on me by the looks of it. Um, and I'll tell you a short uh, and very funny story. It was uh, in um, in Split when we had the uh, uh, the referees um, conference in 2015. And there is a guy from UEFA in there, uh, Miguel Solis, that literally just has a very nice snoop around to see what people are doing and what people are eating and all that. And he had a glimpse over the the table. And I have a very, Carl knows now, because obviously he's been with me. I don't go 20 times to pick up food. I only go (laughs) once and I put everything around. And when they saw what is on my, I wasn't at the table. And Miguel actually asked who sits there. And the guy said, the guy from Wales, Saval, and said, okay, fine, no worries. They told me the story after that. The thing is, the second day, the next day after that, that was in the evening. And in the morning, we had to do the fitness test. And we gone to the Olympic uh, uh, Stadium in, uh, in Split, which Heidek Split also uh, uh, plays on. And... It, it was the old um, a two, uh, two and a half um, uh, rounds around the, the pitch, uh, 1,000 meter under four minutes. And I finished second mm-hmm. uh, in what was, uh, if I remember well, uh, three minutes, 28 seconds. I still have the certificate somewhere in the in the house. It's right. up on the wall, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> After the fitness test, you're doing the the measurements, you know, with the caliper in terms of how much body fat and they're literally measuring everything. And mine came at 10.12, which was anything below 12 is excellent. 
And Miguel Solis after that came over and said, I could not believe you could actually eat all that food. <laughs> but fair play to you, you proved that you can actually <laughs> pass the test as well. So yeah, meat all the time. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know if they, this has actually entered the futsal supporter kind of world, but half and half scarves, are we saying yes or no? No. No. Uh, okay. Sure. If I, if I, <laughs> I hope I never see one of the futsal match, to be honest. <laughs> I'll bring one the next time. Okay. I get one made. Yeah. I'll go get get two, cut them in half, and stitch them together. But which, which, but which which teams are you going with? Quick fire question for you. Uh, I'll go with Kevin Druids and and Cardiff because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll get get uh, get my head ripped off by the, the players and coaches. Um, you, you, you can wear it while you're third official next year at the final. If yeah, they both that get, sounds if good. They, if they both get there. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go down well. Nothing if not neutral. <laughs> Right. Okay. Night out. Pub or club? Val, let's start with you this time. Oh, I can see Val being a club guy, to be honest. <laughs> I can see Val behind the decks. I, I don't know. Retros. Cardiff. Retros. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once you get your feet uh, off the floor, I'm probably going to be able to pull them off. And uh, you, Carl, what are you, what are you saying on that? Um, well, I don't drink, but um, okay, if it, if it was if it was the two, I'd go for pub. All right. Yeah. No, the dancing days are over. Um, yeah, definitely. This one's stupid. Would you rather have toes for fingers or fingers for toes, Carl? Ooh. Uh, fingers for toes. They sound uh, more useful. Yeah, a lot more useful. Be able be able to pick. A, you can peel a banana with your toes like a monkey. Exactly. Uh, Val. Val. Same, same for me. And the people that know me will just say straight away, yeah, you'll, you'll dish more cards uh, in one go. <laughs> Injury time, multi-cards. All right. Uh, this one, your ideal holiday destination. Oh. Was that for me? Sorry. Yeah, go um, on. Um, I don't know. Somewhere quiet, to be honest. Somewhere warm and quiet. Um Maybe, but I'd always want to visit Bora Bora, so I'm going to go with that one. Um, Val, you got one? Anywhere that I can fish. All right, okay, we've got a fisherman on the pod, right. Your <laughs> your least ideal holiday destination then? Uh, I'm going to guess, I, I heard in a pub quiz, uh, Saudi Arabia is the largest country without a, a river, so uh, maybe not <laughs> Saudi Arabia for Val. Um, I can do shore fishing, no problem. Okay. Anyway, anyway, you can fish. <laughs> a nice big trout. Do you have a Facebook profile picture with an enormous fish? Because that's, yeah. that's the true fisherman thing. Stop. <laughs> um, somewhere really busy. I'm always saying that. I, I did go to New York a few years ago, and I really enjoyed that, but having loads of people around me stresses me out a little bit. So, um, yeah, any any major city really is, uh, as much as I want to visit the cultures, um, being somewhere overcrowded um, would be my least favourite holiday. Fair enough. Um, okay, and I don't know if you can answer this this one, these ones, because they might be a bit controversial. Uh, maybe your favourite futsal player, maybe from the past, who's no longer playing, uh, to avoid any um, <laughs> conflicts or whatever. Um, well, for me, um, Tinity's retired internationally, um, and he plays in a completely different continent now. I'm going to go with Rick Ardino, hands down. Um, not only is he known as a magician for a reason, I watched him live in Antwerp in 2014, and uh, just to be able to watch him up close, on and off the ball, was just something to behold. Um, so, yeah, I've never seen a player get people out of their seats as much as he can. So, yeah, I think Rick Ardino, hands down. Val, what about you? I'll go with Falcao. Oh yeah, the, ori- the original, the original Falcao. Yes. Um, well, you can easily pick up a lot of uh, a lot of players uh, that are not futsal players anymore. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. You know, people like Messi, the Ronaldinho, yeah, uh, Ronaldo, uh, Iniesta, Xavi. They all started in uh, in futsal and. Um, gain a lot of experience from uh, from that not really starting you know their foot 
you know, football career in there, but they played futsal to a very decent level. So, uh, yeah, you can pick up any of them, to be honest. I would stay okay. with the, the proper futsal ones. Nice. Okay. And now the most controversial and divisive one. And you've already sort of had a love in with each other. So I don't know what the answer is going to be, but favorite futsal referee. <laughs> I, I'm not going to let you pick each other. All right, I'm not uh, going to let you pick uh, each other. Okay. It'd be too awkward when one of you, I can so see it being like Love Island, like one one of you picks the other and then the other one doesn't pick. Okay. No, we'll, we'll stay true to that. We're not uh, going to pick up. Uh, at least I'm not going to pick up uh, Carl. And to be honest, I don't know if podcast might be seen on the, you know, across the border as well. So I don't want to pick up uh, Mark Birkett either. <laughs> but um, um, favorite futsal uh, futsal referee. Um, it's probably outside of our uh, of our era, um, because he retired uh, before we came into into the scene, and um, I would probably think he's done a very good job um, uh, throughout his career, and also he's doing a very good job now. Uh, being one of the the big four guys in uh, in UEFA as uh, uh, the futsal uh, assessors, and that's going to be the Italian guy, Massimo Cumbo. I know Val alluded to not going there across the border, but I'm going to go with the man that started my passion to become a futsal referee, and that's Mark Burkett. You know, mm. um, and he. You, you watch him and he's just, he's like a Rolls Royce of uh, futsal referees. He's just so calm, composed, and uh, you know, his decision making is brilliant. So, you know, he inspired me to become a futsal referee. So that's who I'm going with. Great stuff. Well, thank you both very much. It's been a really enjoyable podcast. Um, so it's a bye from me and uh, a bye from you guys. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Goodbye all.